0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner, and today I am going to clear up all of the confusion. It's all going away today, right now, in this moment. Maybe not in this moment. In, in a few moments from now, all of the confusion will be wiped away and you will understand with absolute certainty what you need to do to reach your goals. We are busting some myths on this podcast. I had somebody that said, Mike, you need to do a series where you break down a myth on in an episode, like one myth per episode. And you just do this whole series of, of podcasts and each one is a new myth. Has anybody ever watched the show Mythbusters? And I say that as if you can talk back to me, but I'm actually curious. I wish you could talk back to me right now because I used to watch this show called Mythbusters and it was really funny how they would take these common misconceptions and myths and they would put it to the test and then they would come to a conclusion and it was very entertaining. So I could do like a whole show just off of that, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to do it all in one episode and that's what you're going to learn because literally... At least five times a day, probably more. I get messages from people who are really wanting to make a change that, like, genuinely, truly want to improve in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's improve their business, improve their health, improve their relationships, personal development. I don't really get a lot of people coming to me with relationship advice, but it's just people who are like, hey, I have this goal or I'm, in this work situation or i'm trying to build my business i'm trying to be a coach i'm brand new to this or i'm trying to lose 50 pounds i'm trying to lose 20 pounds but there's just so much conflicting information out there help me understand what to do the common the common phrase is i literally don't know what to believe anymore so i just do nothing and my answer is usually I know, it's fucking crazy out there. It's like the wild, wild west. And I apologize. There is so much conflicting information. I'm sure that it feels overwhelming. And then I say, keep in mind that the only thing that matters, the most important ingredient in all of this is you. And it always depends on you. And before you start getting lured in by what other people are doing, run it through the filter of, does this make sense for me and my situation? Unfortunately, that answer does not meet my own standards of help and usefulness, so I'm going to break it down even further. But before I do that, of course, it's, it's that time of the week, that time of the week where we give away a free supplement to one of our review people, Reviewers, I feel like we need a name. I feel like we need a name for mind over macro, mind over macros listeners. I feel like we we need like a like a tribe name. Somebody needs to tell me what we should all be called. Mommers, mind over macros. <laughs> it could be mommers. That's weird, but that's the first thing that popped into my mind. We could be, I don't know. Normally, I'm creative with this stuff, but it's on the spot, so I don't have a lot of ideas. But somebody else who's creative, tell me. Tell me what we should be called. Anyway, <laughs> for, for mommers, we've got, uh, it's that time of the week where we give away some free stuff um, to one of our reviews. And this week, we had only three means you had a one in three chance of winning one in three 33% chance to get a free supplement of your choice from one of our sponsors cured organifi or paleo valley and the winner this week is atd2691 atd2691 the review says you must and must is in all capitals you must listen to this podcast. I always love listening to Mike's knowledge, insight and humor slash personality shine through in each episode. He makes learning about fitness and health easy and digestible. And every episode, I learn something new and adapt it into my own lifestyle. Thanks so much, Mike. Thank you, ATD 2691, who is the winner of the Mommers. <laughs> giveaway. Um, I'm going to stop using that word. Somebody give me a better name. Um, so all you have to do is email me, mike at peak optimization and I will get you all hooked up with any supplement that you choose from one of our sponsors. Maybe that's the, the humor personality that you're talking about where I come up with random shit that makes absolutely no sense, but I find it funny. And I laugh to myself, not knowing if anybody else finds it funny, but it doesn't matter because I entertain myself. You should ask Mel all the weird shit that I do. Last night, I was singing a love song to my dog in Spanish. I've been known to do that on occasion. It just happens. If I can't be myself and express myself for who I really am, then what's the point? There is no point. It's what life is all about. Lean in to who you are. Let it shine through. Be weird it's good to be weird. Nobody wants to conform. Nobody wants to be a, a clone as the kids would say. That's the, the word. I pick up on a new word every time I hang out with the kids and we just had a, a nice fun weekend together and they had a sleepover and the friends were all here. And, uh, I was driving Mel's son to uh one of his friends' houses and he used that word I don't want to be a fucking clone. And apparently that means that you don't want to just conform to what somebody else is doing. So don't be a clone, as the kids would say. Be you and your unique self. Anyway, there's so many, so many life lessons that, that we drop on this show. And now I guess we can, we can get into the good stuff. So let's talk, let's talk uh, myth busting. Let's talk myth busting and let's talk, well, like let's let's start with a little bonus one before we get into the juicy stuff. The first myth is that if you listen to the show, you don't need to like and subscribe and follow and share. That is a myth. You actually do need to subscribe and follow. And make sure that wherever you're listening, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, it doesn't matter, that you hit the subscribe button, that you hit the follow button, that you get notified of new episodes, that you spread the love and you share and you post it to your stories on Instagram and you tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. It is a myth to believe that you don't need to do those things. Everybody plays their part. I hit record. I ramble about a bunch of stuff. Sometimes it's useful, sometimes it's not. Most of the time it's not, but that's my part. Your part is where you like, subscribe, leave reviews, share, and you help the tribe of mommers grow. <laughs> I promised I would stop, and i sorry. That's the last one. That's the last one. I'm done. All right, so now that you're subscribed and following, now we can get into the juicy stuff. The first myth in the fitness and nutrition space that needs to go away forever is that carbs make you fat. This is one of those things that I've, I probably talk about this just if as much, if not more than any other topic. And it continues to baffle me that people are so passionate in their disdain and hate for carbohydrates. Why? I don't get it. It does not make sense to me why you would demonize a food group that is so delicious and helpful to our bodies. I don't understand. I really don't. And this is the one that gets the most amount of support from doctors and authority figures and people with letters after their name, even if it has nothing to do with nutrition. I love that when there's like a general practitioner who's like, as a doctor, I believe in keto dieting. It's like a, a doctor of what motherfucker? You took like 30 minutes of nutrition. Anyway, you have people publishing books demonizing carbs and going off on rants on social media about how you need to keep blood sugar low, and carbs are the devil because they spike insulin, and insulin makes you fat. And it's it just doesn't make sense. We have proven this over and over. This is has been so rigorously tested and studied that it doesn't make sense that people still are trying to die on that hill. Why? The common stance is is oftentimes where you're comparing it to the standard American diet. Like, well, a lot of people are consuming fast food and overly processed foods and too much bread and pasta and fried food. So if we take out carbs you know, then it's advantageous, but anything compared to the standard American diet is going to show improvements. Like, yes, of course, if you're eliminating carbs and you're consuming a ton of cookies and cakes and whatever, like, yeah, obviously you're, you're going to lose weight. It's not because of the carbs, it's because of the calories. And when, when somebody says carbs, they don't ever define what they're talking about. And they, they just automatically assume that it's donuts and cookies and chips and cake, most of those foods have just as much, if not more, calories from fat versus carbs. Now, keep in mind, fat has nine calories per gram. Carbs have four calories per gram. So when I say calories from fat, I'm not talking about grams versus grams. I am talking about calories versus calories. Most of those foods have just as much, if not more, calories from fat as they do from carbs. It would be very different if these people just said, try to improve the quality of your food choices and eat more whole foods and less processed foods instead of isolating carbs. And of course, they never admit to the fact that fruit and veggies are carbs. But they just assume that we are we know that they're talking about these other foods that are processed that have just as much calories from fat as carbs, and like that somehow gets grouped into the carbohydrate category. Why? It doesn't make sense to me. Somebody make it make sense. There's no reason to demonize foods like potatoes and rice and oatmeal and squash and vegetables and fruit. There's no reason to. And there's really no reason to demonize donuts and cookies and chips and cakes because we can absolutely enjoy those things in moderation. And no, I'm sorry, but blood sugar, blood sugar spikes don't make you fat. Insulin doesn't make you fat. Protein spikes blood sugar. Protein spikes insulin. Nobody is sitting here telling you that protein makes you fat. So the, the logic just doesn't stand up. And again, you can take my opinion, or you can just look at the insane amount of research, bodies and bodies of research that show that when calories and protein are equated, the ratio of carbs to fats is largely irrelevant, that it does not make much of a difference at all. In fact, there are some studies that show that there is a slight improvement. In body fat loss, when there was uh, more of a moderate to high carb diet versus a low to no carb diet, when calories and protein were equated. So instead of fear mongering about carbs, which is literally the only reason, the only reason why this is so popular is it's because it's easy to evoke a fear based response. Blood sugar makes you fat, insulin makes you fat, carbs spike blood sugar, and elevate insulin. Therefore, if you eat carbs, you're going to be fat. Dun, dun, dun. Like, like it's so easy to evoke that fear-based response. So, of course, now what I can do is if I'm a shitty, no moral marketer, like I have no moral compass and I want to market to you now that you're in this fear-based response, I can be like, well, now that you know, that carbs are the reason for all of your problems, that carbs not only make you fat, but carbs probably were the reason that your kid got in trouble at school. Carbs are the reason that you got into a fight with your spouse. Carbs you know, came in and beat you up in the middle of the night. Well, now that you know that, I'm going to sell you my ebook that's all about no-carb dieting. And I'm going to, oh, by the way, you cannot do it appropriately. You can't do this no-carb diet appropriately unless you also buy my keto supplement, which is this incredible product that makes you piss neon green, but that's fine. It's an incredible product. You have to buy it, plus my ebook. And then if you really want to join like the elite of the elite, you can join my no-carb mastermind for $10,000. And and that's really where you want to be. Like, it doesn't make sense. Stop, stop the fear-mongering, stop the nonsense. Let's just say, hey, as a whole, we should work on improving our food quality. As a whole, we should probably focus on more whole foods and less processed foods. Now, processed foods aren't evil, but in you know, it's dose dependent. So let's just make sure that we're we're taking care of. 85 to 90% of our, our nutrition is from quality food sources and leave a little room for enjoyment and fun. Like, why can't we just be that way? Carb requirements are highly vari- variable based on the individual, by the way, because when I posted about this, number one, anytime I post about this, I get so much hate. It's insane. People like, the, the best is, well, I did it. Like, <laughs> I lost 100 pounds without eating carbs oh my God, and you're the only person in the world. Main character syndrome at its finest. The thing that you do is the thing that everybody must do. There is nothing more, I don't know, egotistical or just, it, it is by definition, main character syndrome. Look it up. <laughs> it's thinking that the way that you did something or or your preferences are everybody's. There's a really funny thread in a Facebook group that I'm a part of that was talking about email marketing. And it was, and there was these two women that were like, well, we don't read emails. So we've never used emails in our business because people, people don't read them. I get inundated with emails and I hate it and I unsubscribe from everything. And so I don't think that people read emails. Like, think about that. Your own behaviors are not the behaviors of the fucking whole. Like anytime I get one of those like direct mailers, you know, like those like ValPak or whatever, you get those direct mailers in your mailbox, I just throw them out. But I'm not so wrapped up in myself that I think, well, I don't like these things. So nobody likes, like if, if nobody used them, then the companies and the businesses would not do it. Like Sometimes we have to step outside of ourselves And recognize that we don't run the world. The world does not revolve around us. I'm sorry. I I don't care that you lost 100 pounds without eating carbs. That doesn't mean that it's what everybody should be doing. Now, having said that, I'm all about finding what works best for the individual. I am not anti-low carb. I am not anti-no carb. I'm not even anti-keto. I am not even anti keto i am anti Fear mongering. I am anti-spreading bullshit and spreading lies and spreading misinformation. That's what I'm anti. So I always get haters. I always get people who want to tell me about their own personal experience. I always get people who who say that carbs are non-essential, as if that fucking matters. I always get, and then sometimes I'll get people who actually have a legitimate question, and they said. Mike, I I feel better when I eat a lower carb diet. Is that okay? And they're like starting to question themselves. of course it's okay. If it makes you feel great, amazing. That's the only thing that matters. Keep in mind that carb requirements are highly variable based on the individual, the style of training that you do, your overall activity level, your hormone or thyroid health, your personal preferences, your personality, the amount of stress you're dealing with. All of those things make up your own personal carb requirements. So yes, of course, it's okay if you prefer low carb. What is not okay is if you think that that has to be the way because it's your way. That is main character syndrome. And literally every fricking time I post about this topic, I get those people and I just, is it that complicated to understand that your way is not the way? I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe it's me probably me. It usually is. All right, let's move on. Myth number two, never eat inflammatory foods. This is one of my favorites because again, it's taking a concept that's easy to evoke a fear-based response. Inflammation. Inflammation is the devil. We don't want inflammation. Inflammation is the cause of so many chronic diseases. And like, yeah, actually there's, there's a sliver of truth to that. So there'll be, you know, the people that say, don't eat gluten, don't eat dairy, don't eat seed oils, don't eat artificial sweeteners and don't eat highly processed foods because they cause inflammation. This is another thing where I saw this whole debate on, on Facebook with somebody who was talking about a donut and the woman who posted that basically was like something about reducing inflammation and, and healthy foods are foods that don't, create an inflammatory response. And somebody, some brave soul was like, hey, um, just a question here, but like, do you really think that one donut is a big deal in the context of an overall healthy diet? And the person who posted it was like, actually, yes, it is a big deal because it causes inflammation. And many of my clients are dealing with chronic health issues. And so they have to be extra careful about inflammatory foods. And it's just so unfortunate because the harm in somebody thinking that they can't ever consume those foods is way more harmful than any single donut could ever cause. Way more. Because acute inflammation and chronic inflammation are vastly different because then she she tried to to pivot the argument she tried to move the argument and she was like but consider the standard american diet is high in highly processed it's mostly processed foods and mostly inflammatory foods yeah that's not the argument you're now you're moving the argument to fit your conclusion which is that inflammation is evil I agree in the context of the standard American diet, that of course can create a lot of issues because that is chronic inflammation. If I'm always eating processed foods, if I'm always eating, you know, an abundance of donuts and over consuming in general. But guess what else can cause inflammation? Chronic underconsumption or chronic stress and thinking that I'm not allowed to eat certain foods and having a poor relationship with food. Context is important. If inflammation is so dangerous, then everybody should stop lifting weights because lifting weights causes inflammation. Uh Uh-oh, are your dumb... (laughs) This would be a great headline. Are your dumbbells causing you chronic disease? Are, are your, are your dumbbells the root of your chronic health issues? Because they're, it's inflammatory. When you lift weights, you create an inflammatory response as your body tries to heal the damage that was done. Inflammation is not inherently bad. Just like stress isn't inherently bad. It is the dose. It's the recoverability. Is it chronic? Is it acute? What are we talking about? We need more context again. Instead of fear mongering, instead of trying to move somebody into this locked mindset, this mental prison of what they can and can't do, why don't we just say, let's try to eat more whole quality food sources? Get in your single ingredient proteins, get in your fruit, get in your veggies, get in your starchy carbs like rice, potatoes, oats, get in your healthy fats, get in some olive oil, avocados, nuts, seeds. Like we know from human psychology research, that we are more inclined to stay consistent when it's about what we can do from a place of empowerment versus what we cannot do. The forbidden fruit approach does not work. It doesn't work long-term. You can tell yourself for a certain period of time that you can't do something, but like a child, like a five-year-old, when you're like, don't go behind this door This door stays closed. You never open it. Of course, they're going to open the door at some point in time. Maybe they can hold out. You're the same way. You're still that five-year-old. I'm still that five-year-old. So let's come from a place of empowerment. The only time that you should avoid certain foods is when you have an allergy, an intolerance, or you just don't like them or how they make you feel. That's it. Case closed. All right. Myth number three. We're, we're on fire today. Myth number three, fat loss is not about calories. It's about hormones or gut health. Eh, not really. Fat loss is actually almost exclusively about calories if we isolate it and we don't care about health or sustainability. And that's a big caveat there. Imagine that you go on a water diet. People have done this before. Literally a water diet. I'm just going to eat nothing as I take a sip of my water. Zero calories. Well, you would only survive for a certain period of time. But you know what would happen in that period of time? You'll lose weight. Zero calories. You will absolutely lose weight. And a lot of that weight will be fat. Now you'll lose some other things too, muscle, of course, but you will lose a good amount of fat. You will also get weak and you'll impact your hormones, and you'll impact your metabolism, and it will not be a pretty picture of internal health. But guess what? It will not stop you from losing fat. Now, if you want to lose fat and feel your best, if you want to lose fat and be healthy, if you want to lose fat and have it be sustainable, then it's about calories and hormones and gut health and lifestyle and, and, and it's the total package. You cannot isolate any single thing. If anybody tries to isolate and say, no, it's not this, it's only this, that's that's usually a red flag because all of these things are interconnected. I want to take a brief pause in this myth-busting episode to tell you about something that is not a myth. What is not a myth is that you need quality sleep and recovery to make progress. whatever progress you want to make, if you have goals of improving your body composition, if you have personal goals, if you want to get smarter, if you want to improve in any area, you want to learn an instrument or learn a new language, it doesn't matter what your pursuits are. Sleep and recovery are imperative. It has to be in place. Otherwise, you are really making things more difficult on yourself. So what I do, because I am not a naturally- good sleeper. I do struggle with being too stressed. I struggle with anxiety. I've been go, go, go nonstop. I feel like my to-do list just keeps getting longer and longer and I'm always playing catch up. So the way that I help myself in that situation is with cured nutrition. I have been leaning heavily on their Serenity gummies to help me get quality sleep, to unwind at night, To get myself out of that racing brain situation that is always so frustrating when it's time for bed and you just can't stop thinking about stuff. It is the worst. And so the Serenity gummies, I take two gummies before bed and that always puts me in the right mental state to be able to get quality sleep. And I'll also utilize their calm caps anytime that I'm dealing with anxiety. That is my new go to for anxiety, the calm caps. Uh, really quality stuff. The Serenity gummies are my absolute favorite. It's just the perfect dose of L-theanine with some functional mushrooms with the CBD and a very low micro dose of THC. Um, It's truly appropriately named when when they called them Serenity gummies because I do feel that way every time I take them. I think to myself, this is Serenity. This is serene. So Cured Nutrition is is giving you 15% off all of their products for being a Mind Over Macros listener. Of course, you go to curednutrition.com. You use code POPFAM, P-O-P-F-A-M, POPFAM at checkout, get 15% off. The The little hack that I like to use is when there's a bundle, like the sleep bundle that's available uh, from Cured, the bundles are already discounted. And then you get the POPFAM discount on top of that. So it's like a double win. So if you go get the sleep bundle, the sleep bundle has the night caps and the Zen caps, which if you struggle with sleep, like start there. And then you can just add the Serenity gummies to your cart and use code POPFAM and you'll get a discount on the gummies. You'll get a discount on the bundle. So it's just discount on top of discount, which is the ultimate hack. So highly recommend Serenity gummies, the calm caps, the sleep bundle, Uh, If you struggle with anxiety, start with the Calm Caps. If you struggle with sleep, start with the Serenity Gummies and or the Sleep Bundle. Curednutrition.com. Promo code is POPFAM, P-O-P-F-A-M. And now let's get back to some myths. The people that say calories are all that matters, they're only sharing a sliver of the truth. The people that say hormones or gut health are all that matter are only (laughs) sharing... are only sharing a sliver of the truth when it comes to health when it comes to longevity sustainability body composition they all matter they all matter and it's unfortunate because people like to i don't know they like to present their argument in a way that's like like i've i've seen this this before where there's somebody that's highly respected in the metabolic health space, he's actually been on this podcast before. And he frequent, frequently will say um, the two things that you need for sustainable fat loss um, or yeah, for fat loss is a uh, calorie deficit and hormonal balance. And he gets pushback when he says that from these so-called gurus and evidence-based practitioners who say, no, you don't actually don't need hormonal balance. And then you get into the nuanced context of like, yeah, I mean, technically you don't need hormone balance. Like I said, you could eat nothing. You can starve yourself. You could jack up your hormones and it's not going to stop you from losing fat, but it misses the point because I'm guessing that most people don't want. So they're, they're arguing on a technicality, which is so not helpful. Who is that helpful for? Certainly the reader ends up more confused. So why can't we just say like, yes, I agree when it comes to sustainability. Why is it? Why do we have to get so bogged down in a technicality? Because we feel smart because it's like, well, actually, I know more than you. It doesn't fucking matter. What matters is what's helpful to the individual listening. If we're here to help people and change lives and help them reach their goals, then let's just understand it all matters. Lifestyle, habits, mindset, hormones, gut health, calories, nutrition, training, it all matters. Now, I can say personally, my opinion is that some of those things are more important than others. I would say that mindset is probably the most important aspect. That's an opinion. I can't sit there and say this is a hardcore fact. Mindset is the most important. To me, it's the most important. My opinion is that it's the most important because I feel that most people get in their own way. They sabotage themselves. They know what to do. They know what they should be doing. They know what decisions they should be making. They know what they want to achieve. They know what's important to them, but they just get in their own way because of the thing in between their ears. It's their brain. It's their mindset. It's the thoughts that they tell themselves, the stories that they create, the excuses that they hold on to, the limiting beliefs that they have. It's their subconscious thought patterns. All these things, I believe, my opinion is that mindset is the most important. The fact that we can all hopefully agree on is that when it comes to sustainable change, when it comes to health, when it comes to body composition, they all matter in some way, shape, or form. We can We can argue about the levels, right? We all can have our little flavor. We can argue about the levels, but for the most part, I hope we can all agree that it all matters. All right. Myth number four, that fasting is superior for fat loss and or health. And my question is always superior to what? This is another one where anytime I post about fasting, it's another topic that gets brought up frequently, mainly because I get asked about it so much. Hey, I'm doing this fasting protocol, or I was talking to this coach and they told me I should be fasting. What are your thoughts? And I'm like, for what? Like, Not because I'm anti-fasting, but I'm I'm actually trying to understand what is the purpose. And then if I post something about how fasting is not superior for fat loss or health, then somebody will say, well, I lost 100 pounds through fasting. Like, actually you didn't because fasting isn't even a diet. Fasting is not even a diet. You had to eat food. I'm I'm assuming you didn't lose 100 pounds eating nothing. You had to eat food. So you were fasting and you actually had a nutrition protocol along with fasting. So it really wasn't fasting, but anyway. But but superior for what? Like what is what are we talking about? I remember Listening to a podcast, uh, Dr. Humor, Huberman. I know a lot of people are a big fan and I, I have my opinion. I think he's absolutely brilliant and super entertaining, but I do think that he confuses people more than anything else. I think that sometimes we get too bogged down in shit that doesn't matter. Like we get so focused on these optimization protocols that we forget the basics. Anyway, he had this guy on who was talking about the ketogenic diet. And this guy was so proud that he showed this study and he showed the study that was keto versus a control group. And keto came out on top with superior fat loss and health markers. And he, he went into all these details and this one health marker improved. And this group lost X amount of weight versus the control group. Then, (laughs) then, uh, Huberman posts a clip of that episode as a, a reel on Instagram. And everybody, all the keto supporters went, went nuts. They're all pounding their chest. And I've been saying this forever. And the simple question that nobody thought to ask was, what did the control group eat? And then it turns out in that study, the control group was just the standard American diet. Literally, no change. Just the standard American diet. Zero intervention. Which we already know the standard American diet is heavily processed and not the best quality. We already know that the standard American diet is going to lose in every battle of this versus that, right? So all these people are like, Oh, I've been saying this about keto. And I I rarely ever comment on other people's stuff, mainly because it's useless, but I felt compelled. So I I simply stated, anything compared to the standard American diet is going to show superior results in fat loss and health markers. I'm sorry, but this isn't a win for keto. It's further proof that the standard American diet is pretty shitty, LOL. And I got a ton of people commenting and replying and liking and whatever, but it's cherry picking data and fasting supporters, the people who love to to go on and on about fasting, they cherry pick in very similar ways. Like, let's look at what happens when we take somebody who eats mostly processed foods all day and we get them on a fasting protocol. Oh, by the way, we're also improving their nutritional choices. Yes, of course. No shit, they lost weight. Of course, they got healthier. It wasn't because they were fasting. Every well-conducted study that compares fasting with a certain calorie and protein and macronutrient breakdown versus just eating those things whenever shows no difference in terms of body composition. However, what they do show is that fasting often leads to an increase in hunger and cravings later in the day, which makes it harder to stay consistent. And in certain individuals, mainly women, it can lead to hormonal disruption. A lot of the health benefits that people ta- uh, like latch onto, like number one, cellular autophagy, which is basically the turnover of bad cells or dead cells, that is also accomplished by improving food quality and eating in a small calorie deficit. There is nothing magical about autophagy from fasting. There are other things that people talk about with like your your gut health and things of that nature like your gut lining. Most of those are through extended fasts like 72 hours or longer, but people will will take that sliver of of data and be like well fasting is better for health so you should you know you should skip breakfast. Like yeah it's not actually the same thing. So just keep in mind that research is easily manipulated and sensationalized and sometimes if something doesn't pass the bullshit test then it's probably bullshit and most of the time with fasting that's the case. Myth number 5, probably my favorite one here. Myth number 5 and and I I know I'm going to offend some people here because there's, there's coaches that listen to this, and I know that there are coaches that say this stuff. And I'm sorry, but I have to put this one to bed. You can eat whatever you want and still lose fat. It's it's so appealing. It sounds so good. And we love to post pictures about our donuts, and we love to post pictures of our epic sushi dinners. And look, I, I do it too. You look at my... I got, I'm not the best at Instagram stories. I'm, I'm actually pretty terrible at posting to my stories. but you know, sometimes you'll see me sucking back on some cocktails and, um, and I'm sorry, made myself laugh because, uh, somebody could definitely chop up that clip and make it sound pretty terrible. Anyway, I, uh, definitely have been known to throw back some drinks and also post an indulgent meal and then be like. You know, and then if somebody were to see my body composition, they'd be like, oh, he's still pretty lean. You know, we love to do this. We love to show, look at all that we can eat. But it's a lie. It's a lie. Like, let's let's not beat around the bush. Our intentions are pure. It's well-intentioned, this particular myth. But it does re- require an explanation because all of the people that you see who have, the body composition that you desire and they eat a certain way that would indicate that you can eat whatever you want. I promise you they have years and years and years of consistency and times where they probably weren't eating like that. They have like, I'm telling you even for myself, I love food and I like alcohol and I, like to eat certain things in moderation, but I absolutely went through periods of really being dialed in, like not a lot of wiggle room, 95%. And I built a lot of muscle and I worked my ass off. And it was through that sacrifice that I then could have more flexibility. Not everybody does that, but I think it's incredibly misleading. When you see somebody who's like completely jacked and shredded and they're like, look at me eating a burger and fries, like, yeah, no shit, because you spent so much time building that foundation that is foundation that's more tolerant and more resistant. Now, can you go through periods where you always, like, can you be somebody who always has moderation, who doesn't make those massive sacrifices and makes progress? Yes, you can. But that is very different than being able to eat whatever you want and still lose fat. In fact, you have to be mindful and, intent- and, and intentional about what you're putting in your mouth to lose fat. And it requires adjustments and sacrifices. And I think that we just need to be more transparent about what we mean when we say these things. No, you don't have to completely eliminate foods you love. You can eat pizza and lose fat. You can eat cookies and lose fat. You can eat ice cream and lose fat. It's all true. But saying you can incorporate foods you love is very different than saying you can eat whatever you want. And I just would really appreciate more transparency and context. And it's okay to tell people that drinking excessively will make progress really difficult. Eating out frequently or using your delivery apps more frequently will make progress more difficult. When 80 to 90% of your food choices are high quality options, of course, you can you can incorporate more fun foods in that 20 to you know 10, 20% of flexibility. However, how many people do you think are actually making 80 to 90% quality choices? Probably very few. So let's stop sugarcoating it. Let's stop acting like sacrifices don't need to be made. Oh, it's okay. I I drank a bottle of wine. I had four slices of pizza, but my coach said I can eat anything I want and still lose weight. Coach, why am I not making progress? You said I could eat whatever I want. You, You said I could still eat pizza. Oh, well, yeah, but actually, what I meant was you can incorporate it some of the time and definitely not in that quantity. Oh, you didn't say that, right? Like, let's just be honest about what we're talking about here. Sacrifices have to be made, intentionality. And mindfulness in what you consume is imperative. It's not optional. It's necessary. Let's just say that. And then, yeah, once you have that foundation, of course, you you get to earn more flexibility and freedom over time. All right, I want to go over some bonus myths that are related to training. I don't talk about training very much, mainly because I've been out of that world for a while and I have JK on my team. That's, he's basically an extension of, I don't have to access my own brain because I have access to JK's brain. So anyway, but there's still so many training myths. I'm, I'm curious what he would say about, about all of these, or if he would add to it. It's the first one. Cardio is superior for fat loss than strength training. Total BS. Cardio is not superior at all. Men and women need different training programs. No, they actually don't. They don't really need to train differently. It's not the whole, the old myth was that higher reps work better for women. Eh, not true. Uh, Rep schemes will make a difference in terms of fat loss or muscle building. So if you want to lose fat, you should do higher reps and less, and less weight. And if you want to build muscle or strength, you should do very low reps and heavy weights. It actually doesn't make a much, make much of a difference at all. Overall volume, progressive overload, and nutrition will make the difference in terms of fat loss or muscle building or strength. Cardio before or after your strength strength training session? I am really struggling to speak today. Uh, Before or after your strength session won't interfere, or the the myth is that it will interfere with your results. If you do cardio around your strength session. It'll mess up your results, which is not true. There is such thing as the interference effect, but it is not a big deal unless you're super advanced or you're training for a specific sport. Like you really need to maximize your progress. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. You must confuse your muscles to keep making progress. That is total bullshit. Muscle confusion is a marketing gimmick and nothing else. Lifting makes you bulky. It sure doesn't. Gaining fat makes you bulky. I know that I had a good workout if I sweat a lot. Eh, Wrong again. Sweat does not equate to a good workout. It actually means very little, although sweating in and of itself is good for you. So there is a benefit to sweating, but it does not mean that you had a good workout. I can... Spot reduce body fat. Unfortunately, you cannot. I wish that you could. If you could spot reduce body fat, I would be all over that shit. I would target my lower back, my hips all day. Let's get rid of that. Let's get rid of that little flotation device that's around my waist. That's just where I where I pack it on. It's always the first place to gain and the last place to lose, and it frustrates the hell out of me. But you can spot build muscle. So, if there's an area that you struggle with, let's say you don't like your legs, you want your legs to get leaner, build your legs, build your leg muscles. That will help. And the final bonus myth that is not training specific or nutrition specific I need to be motivated or inspired to make a change. Don't even get me started. You don't need to be motivated. You don't need to be inspired. You don't need to have this moment of, oh my God, I feel the power. Let's go. You simply need to decide and you need to decide that this is more important to you and meaningful to you than your current situation. That is all that you need to decide that what I am doing right now, the problems that I face, the pain that I'm in is not my reality. I can either embrace that this is just where I'm going to remain stuck. And in that case, you don't have to do anything. You can literally just say, I'm happy with where I am. And that is perfectly valid. Or you can make a decision that the change and the goals that you have for yourself and the person that you want to become is more meaningful to you, which, by the way, is actually intrinsic motivation. It's not the external fluffy bullshit that you think it is where all of a sudden you're going to jump out of bed and run to the gym and you're going to be so excited to go. That is not reality. If it happens, it's very short term. It is simply a decision that your pursuit of growth and change is more meaningful to you than staying in your current pain. That's it. And then you follow through regardless of how you feel in the moment. And you keep the promises that you make to yourself. And that is literally how it works. That's it. Once you decide and you are saying, I am not okay with my current situation, I would like to make a change. And I would like to make a change because that change is meaningful to me. It's meaningful to my health, my well-being, my confidence, my longevity. It's meaningful to me to set a better example for my kids. It's meaningful to me because I don't want them to suffer with a poor relationship with food like I did. It's meaningful for me because I want to show them what it's like to be strong and capable and independent and to pursue your goals, regardless of how you feel and to deal with adversity and setbacks and to keep pushing forward. That's it. Once you make the decision, that's that is the choice. So all that it mad, all that matters from that point forward. Is you follow through regardless of how you feel in the moment. You make promises to yourself. You keep promises to yourself. That is it. The end. There's nothing more. Or you decide that you're okay with your current situation. And if that's your decision, more power to you. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that we could all benefit from a little self-awareness and saying, you know what? I don't actually want to change. I'm cool with where I am. That's valid. If you do that, then do it. Just stay, remain in your current situation and be happy there. If you want to make a change, you don't need motivation. You don't need inspiration. You don't need a rah-rah, let's go cheerleader. That's only going to last for a very short time. Maybe it can get you to the gym once, maybe twice. But if you're always relying on that, you will struggle. You will fail. All you need to rely on is keeping the promises you make to yourself. That's it. I hope this was helpful. Hit me up if you have any questions and I will talk to you guys very soon.